You're listening to Run, Are You Win? Revive Us Now podcast with Steve Gray. As pastor of the Smithton Outpouring and the Kansas City Revival, Steve is a leading voice of revival worldwide. Steve shares his life-changing encounters with God, along with biblical teaching that equips you to experience and lead lasting revival. Come, run with Steve and expect God to revive us now. Hello and welcome to the Revive Us Now podcast. I am your host, Steve Gray, here to talk about everything I know about revival, how you can get it, what's hindering, how your church can get it, what's hindering it, our nation. Uh, I've been around a long time doing revival for 20 years. I've been preaching revival, been able to lead two moves of God. And you know, you lead, you lead two moves of God that, that take, meet uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Or in the second one in, in uh, 2008, it was Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Every, every, we met four times a week. Now, you don't have to meet four times a week. Don't panic. But that worked for us. A lot of people ask us why we did that. Uh, and uh, that's because people came from all over the world and all over our country and from all the states and uh, you know when they get here they can't just do you can't do one service they need more than that but they deserve more than that so he said we got to give them the weekend and of course there's always the naysayers oh it wasn't real or whatever oh come on you mean to tell me that my church and our congregation world revival church gave up every one of their weekends for almost three years because it was packed and our church was here it wasn't a visitor service we had visitors but it was our church and our worship leaders and our pastors, they gave up every weekend for almost three years just to be a fake. <laughs> Come on. People might fake it if it was once a week or a season or a fall and spring revival, but come on. Every weekend, they gave up, you know, soccer and going to the baseball games and doing it so they could be a fake because there's so much reward in being fake. Come on. You, 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 you know better than that, and they do too. And so, so we're talking about everything revival, and today we're going to talk about you are not helpless. I started teaching this in the church a little while back, and man, the comments I got from it. Everybody was asking more questions. They were actually laughing at themselves because they caught themselves as I gave them some points, which I'm going to give a few of them to you today, of signs that you're actually a helpless person. What are the signs of helpless people? I'm not going to do all of them today, maybe another time, but people were actually laughing at themselves because they realized how many of them they they may have had so you are not helpless and I want to start with 2nd Corinthians chapter 4 where uh, in in verse 7 it says but we have this treasure in jars of clay so that the all-surpassing power of God may come from him and not from us may come from God and so God get this now God created us vulnerable all right vulnerable and we don't like that I don't like to be vulnerable you know, I don't like temptation. I don't like the, the thought of I could be tempted and fail. I don't like that thought. I like to, we want to be infallible, right? But we're not. God created us vulnerable, not infallible, but vulnerable. So knowing that we have these weaknesses, we'll turn the weakness into power so that if we succeed, it's got to be the all surpassing power of God that got us where we are. It's a good plan. Doesn't feel so good from the human side, but it sure glorifies God from the spiritual side. And so Paul said, we have a treasure. And what's the treasure? He says, the treasure is we have the light of the knowledge of God shining in our hearts, showing us the glory 
and the face of Jesus Christ. So we, we've got this in ourselves. We've got this, this light that's shining, and it's the light of the knowledge of the glory of God inside of us. So he says, God put that treasure. He said, that's a treasure, the, that, that knowledge. <clears throat> he put that treasure inside a jar of clay. And I've never, I, I never, I, I might have once or twice, maybe I was in college or something and they had to take an art class and they'd throw you on the pottery. You try to make a clay thing. And I know at our, our church academy, they, they do that. But after you do it, they're fragile. And of course, then they had so many things uh, made of clay that they were, they'd be chipped and cracked. And then they just, they had a pile where they just pile them up and they'd make a new one or buy a new one. And so, so he said, you know, so he's put us, this treasure inside something that's easily chipped and cracked and the handle falls off or whatever. And, uh, and, and we don't like that. We're vulnerable to that. But that's not who we are. And that's the point Paul is trying to make. Because then he goes on and he, said, and he describes what they're going through. Listen to this. He says, we are, we are, we are hard-pressed, but we're not crushed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. We're persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. Now, do you, you can read that and say, well, that's nice, but do you get what he's saying? He's saying, what we look like, what looks like going on is not going on. Because, see, the jar of clay is going through this. So the jar of clay is hard-pressed and perplexed and persecuted and all those things. So that's what it look, that's what looks like is happening to us. Because we, we see it from the outside. This jar of clay is vulnerable to getting cracked and chipped and broken. But he says, but that's not really what's going on. It says it looks like we're hard-pressed, but we're not crushed because we got something on the inside. It looks like we're perplexed, but we're not in despair. So you got to remember, you, you got to look at what God wants you to look at. You look to the light of the power, the glory, the awesome passing power of God that's inside of you. And not just constantly... Uh, letting this jar of clay, which is supposed to be vulnerable, uh, and that's why we need the power of God, and let that judge who you are or what life is about or anything. So what, what it looks like, if you're a Christian, you're a follower, you're filled with the Spirit of God, what it looks like when you go through hard times is not what it is. It looks this way, but it's actually that way. All right? And that means that we're not helpless. I mean, he's saying that, you know, we're hard-pressed, but I'll throw in, but he's not helpless. No, because we have that light of the glory of God. So don't judge your life by clay. Judge your life. Look at yourself as, the, as having the light of the world and the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in, inside of you. So we, we, God says we've made this light to shine out out of this jar of clay, out into the dark world. And so you're not helpless. You can shine in, in the midst of all these things. Look at yourself. I'm weak. I'm not smart enough. I'm not talented. Why are you describing the clay to us? We all got the clay. No, just start tapping in to that light of the glory of God inside of you so you can become everything that you need to become in spite of we have this, the jar of clay. But he says, but we got a treasure it's the treasure inside the jar of clay that makes it so unique and so uh, powerful. So let's talk a minute here about uh, helpless people, signs of helpless people. Now, I had a whole bunch of them. We're only going to go maybe half of them, all right? But one of the things of the sign that, because you probably don't, you may get into helpless situations, 
but you probably don't look at yourself and say, I'm putting off an attitude of helplessness here. Here I got a great big God. I got a great, the Holy Spirit. I got a great Savior. I got the Word of God, all the things that are working for me. But I put off the attitude that I can't do anything about my life. I'm helpless. Well, you know what? Helpless people act stuck like they're stuck. They're always in survival mode. I got to survive. So they get a paycheck and they pay their bills and take care. And then it's like, oh, I wish I could get out of this rat race. I wish I could get out off of this merry-go-round of living from paycheck to paycheck. Well, the wish isn't going to do it. There's something more than that. So you're looking at the clay and saying there's nothing you can do. So helpless people feel uh, stuck. And another thing about helpless people believe in luck. Yeah. Help us people <laughs> believe in luck. I, I was telling them, I said, I had somebody, you know, uh, come up to me and they said, my luck's run out. I laughed at it. I said, your luck's run out. You never had any luck in the first place. <laughs> you, you've all, you know, if you got luck, it's unluck, <laughs> you know, but they thought my, I, my luck's run out. I just, I'm just not a very lucky person. What? There is no such thing of luck in the kingdom of God. In fact, there's not even such thing as fate. And you got to get around that. And that's a heavy one because you become helpless if you think everything is fixed and there's nothing you can do about it. If there's nothing you can do about it, why did God give us the power of prayer? Why did he tell them and said, flee to the mountains and hope that it doesn't, that this doesn't happen in winter and for pregnant women? He said, pray it doesn't happen in winter. Well, why would I pray it doesn't happen in winter if I'm helpless? Winter's just going to get me. No. So we, we have the ability to pray. Why would we pray if we're helpless people? We're not helpless. We're a part of this. We act upon it and God reacts and we react and love God and respond to God. God responds to us. It's an interactive kingdom of God. And so, but, but helpless people just think it's luck. I don't have any luck. And so they're waiting, they're waiting for, you know, they're waiting for their ship to come in. And I told that one, I told the lady that she said, I'm waiting for my ship to come in. That actually happened. I said, I'm sorry to break the news to you, but you don't have a ship. So this, you're going to have a long wait. So uh, spiritual people design their lives. We reap what we sow. We start sowing for what we want. We're not helpless. God says, don't mock God. You will reap what you sow. So you just got to change what you're sowing. If you don't like what you're growing, you change what you're sowing. We're not helpless people. Uh, helpless people um, run their life by fear. They, it's fear ruling. Ru fear rules them. And uh, now everybody has a little fear. There's some wise fear. Don't walk on the railroad tracks too long. <laughs> a train might come. So, yeah, and that train is something to be afraid of. That's big. But most people, they're making decisions out of fear, fear decisions. Fear decided who they're going to be. Fear decided, I better marry that person because if I don't marry that person, I might never get a person. I better marry that person. And you're married out of fear. You're married, uh, you know, you're going to get it's old or you got to do this, whatever. And so uh, helpless people uh, make decisions out of fear and uh, spiritual people make decisions out of faith. Helpless people, they're ruled by their emotions and they're always reacting to something. See, God's a, God acts. And I want to be somebody who has, is a person of action. 
But I'm not a person of reaction. Because there's just too many things going on in the world to drive you nuts. There's always people saying stuff they shouldn't say, believing stuff they shouldn't believe, acting the way they shouldn't act. And every time as a pastor, you know, they shouldn't be doing that. They, oh, I'm reacting. I'm always upset about something. No, I'm going to trust God and I'm going to start acting by faith. And not let my emotions rule me, but let the Spirit of God, activate the Spirit of God. Well, I'm going to walk by the Spirit. Walk by the Spirit. All right. So let's see. I, I'm going to skip over uh, that. Oh, this is helpless people spend money they don't have. Did you know that? Now, why, would a, why does that mean they're helpless? Well, first of all, they don't have the money to spend. But they spend it. Why? It's a false sense of empowerment. They're really helpless, and they know they don't have the money, and they know they owe money, and they don't feel, but they're going to empower themselves for a few minutes by standing in that line and slapping that card down there and buying something they can't afford, and it makes them feel powerful. And later, of course, they're going to lose that power because the bills are going to come in. So helpless people spend money they don't have, and maybe I'll do this the last one just to, just to keep things uh, moving here. Helpless people talk too much. Helpless people talk too much. You know why? Because they feel like they have to manipulate. They're so helpless that they have to try to help themselves get somewhere. They can't trust God. You know, the, the Bible says, you know, humble yourself before the Lord and he will lift you up. Well, if he's lifting you up, you don't need to. I remember a, a saintly lady said that to me probably my first year of either ministry or even being a believer. They said, she said, Steve, listen, if the Holy Spirit's lifting you up, if God's lifting you up, then you don't have to lift yourself up. Boy, that was a great lesson. But uh, helpless people feel like, I got I to gotta cover all my bases. I got to put everybody in their place. I got to make sure I don't get manipulated. I got to make sure I don't take, get taken advantage. I got to make sure they know who I am and this is done the way I think it ought to be done. And they talk and they talk and they talk and they talk. Helpless people talk too much. Now, Paul got in that situation. You remember Paul wrote in, in this same book, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, about his thorn in the flesh, and he asked God to take it away. A lot of people think they know what the thorn in the flesh, they've made Paul blind, they've made him sick, they've made him ugly, they, you know, they made him all kinds of things. What do you think his thorn in the flesh was? Right in that chapter before, he describes how everywhere he goes, he gets beaten, he gets stoned, he gets run out of town, there's riots, there's shipwrecked, there's disasters, there's food, there's no food. And uh, that's going on. Well, now, if you were Paul living that kind of life and you wanted something to be taken away, what would you ask to be taken away? Well, right. I'd like, I'd like all that. I'd like to quit stoning me, quit beating me up. I don't take that away. And uh, God's, God didn't do it. He didn't do it. He said, my grace is sufficient for you. My favor, my power to do, to be, to go. What I got going in you, that light that's shining in you is sufficient. Not everything has to be taken away. Not everything has to be taken away. And so he thought that. And I think he was starting to get his eyes on the clay pot of being beaten up, which, you know, bad enough. But, and God wanted to get it back on the light inside, the grace that's inside. You don't need anything taken away. You just need to tap into the power you already have. But we being who we are, we think, well, God, I'll just take that away and take them away and get rid of my boss. Give me a new one. Give me a new job. Give me a new house. Give me a new wife. Give me a new husband or something like that. I don't know what people do, but that's not the answer. The answer is whatever's there, grab hold of the power of God, the light of the gospel of the glory of God that's inside of you and start letting that shine out of you. And then you don't have to have everything taken away. God says, what I got for you is sufficient to get you through this. 
They're having it taken away is not always the answer. And then Paul said, you know what? I'm finding out that in my weakness, I can be powerful. There is power in weakness. Now put those two together and we realize what he's saying. He's saying, you know what? I am vulnerable. I'm like a clay pot that could be chipped, broken, smashed. And, and, uh, but he says, you know what? That's where I'm going to find the power of God because God wants to show me that this clay pot can tap into the all-surpassing power of God, that treasure that's in me. So he said, well, in that case, when I'm weak, I'll be strong. I'm not going to, I'll even glorify my weaknesses. Good boy, that's, I'm going to tap into that power. I'm not going to tap into the clay pot. I'm going to tap into the light and the treasure that's in, inside of me. So uh, this causes us to all of a sudden wake up and go, you know what? I'm not going to live helpless anymore. I'm not going to live like I'm an orphan, like I don't have a father. There's no word. There's no spirit. I, I'm not helpless. It's not luck. It's not fate. I'm not stuck. No, sir. I'm going to tap into the all-surpassing glory and power of God. I'm going to tap into the treasure that's inside this vulnerable uh, clay pot. So, you know, in that power, there's glory in that. There's glory inside of you. There's glory. There's presence. There's mercy. There's forgiveness. There's wisdom. There's strength. All that's in there. You just need to tap into it and try, and try not to let the pot, the clay pot, rule your life. And look how it is. Yeah, it might be hard. You might be perplexed sometime, but tap into the inside of the glory of God, and you'll not despair. You see how that works? And so... Uh, all those things, it's in the jar. Yeah, the jar is vulnerable, but all these things in the jar make you a not helpless. You are not helpless in this world. The way it looks on the outside is not what's happening on the inside. Well, I hope that helped you and, and uh, get, you, get you through some tough times. Help it help you get through some tough times. And I thank you so much. And now we just continue to pray, right, that God would rend the heavens and come down. Till next time, bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Revive Us Now podcast with Steve Gray. Push the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode and spread the word on social media. For more episodes and resources, go to reviveusnowpodcast.com. Until next time, keep on running for revival.